Oh, such a good throwback. That song brings up so many memories, especially of my guest today. It is my brother from another mother. His name is Justin Keys. Our mothers are best of friends, and we grew up together and going camping and me watching all of his performances. And I'm really excited to chat with him. He has his own podcast that he created uh, over the quarantine time since he is unable to be on stage on Broadway in New York. And we're just going to have some fun chit-chatting. I apologize for my nasally sound. Uh, The allergies here out in San Diego are pretty bad right now for me. Um, But we're just going to have some fun chatting today. So I hope this is kind of a virtual hug for you, especially after that debate last night. Here's Justin. Justin, Hussein. I call him Hussein sometimes, Keys. Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> so uh, a little... To, I'm so happy to be on the, the pod. The pod. From one pod to the next. From one pod to the next. I know I'm learning about... The pod game, because I really honestly didn't listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, but I'm learning, I'm learning. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I have to, listen, I have to, I'm not going to take credit. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, part of this, I mean, I, you have to admit that I was very supportive and telling you that you had to do this oh yeah you're like the person that gave me like the little oomph because I had I unlike you had been listening to so many podcasts because when they closed down the dog parks I was like shit I gotta go on like two two hour walks with the dog like what am I gonna listen to so I, I and every podcast that I listened to whether it was like you know, a beauty one or a crime story one, or I was just like, I always wanted to like give my input while I'm like listening right. to the podcast. I'm like, I have stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have stuff to say. Okay. Like, and I was like knowing you. So Alexis and I grew up together. Yes. Uh, from, I mean, yeah, birth. Yeah. <laughs> you um, were born so, first. No, I was like knowing, knowing that knowing you, I was like, you're perfect for this space. You have to do it. And then I was like, with your business as well, uh, do you call yourself an esthetician? What do you call yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. That's what I thought. I was yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know all the terms the kids are using today. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, with your business, like in the esthetician space, this would be a really cool thing to talk about. Even going through the pandemic in a situation where your job is to be in close proximity to people, just yeah. like my job is to be in, uh, is like contingent upon being in big groups of people or being yeah. in rooms with a thousand or more people. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like you have to talk about that because you know, it's like being in a salon but you have to you you have to be in, in people's face literally. Yeah, like inches. Like so no matter what I, I do. Like, I was like that in and of itself is a good like you could talk about that your whole first season if you wanted to and I was like your personality is from what I from what I know, the little I know of podcasts is perfect for this. So I'm yeah. so glad you're doing it. Yeah, me too. It's been a good outlet for me, for sure. And just something that's always given me joy, even though I get like nervous every, like before everyone for some weird reason. And then the minute I press record, it's like, okay, this is like natural. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found it to be, have you found it to be kind of therapeutic in any way for like during this time or have you found, is it, does it go, is it, 
What's my question? Is it fulfilling kind of the things you have to say or is it go a little bit deeper? Like, do you feel like it's sort of, is therapeutic or like is a mental health thing that really calms you down or yeah. one of those people? Yeah. I think, I think it, it expands my mental growth, like capacity, I guess I could say, because I, when I'm interviewing someone or I have a certain someone like on the podcast it, it, it makes me think about things that I not normally would and questions yeah. that I not normally would. And then it just, it, it trickles into other things of, of thought, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really I good. Hear that. Yeah. But, um, so how, how do you think like going, like what, how has it been like in New York? Like, what's it like being like, Oh yeah. Um, Let's see. So I have like a, I don't know, whenever I have a very specific kind of like March 2nd is the day the whole pandemic thing started for me because I had actually been in California. Um, yeah. You were in San Jose. Yeah. I was in San Jose. Uh, and I am back and forth. I kind of have, uh, I kind of am telling, you know, I kind of am decided I think I've moved back to San Jose so when it kind of finishes like move back during the pandemic is sort of like what it, what I am doing right now mm-hmm. um, because uh, New York is great and I'll always I'll keep my place here obviously and my mom will be here too when she wants to be here but I'm I don't know when that move will be finalized but I think it's going to be a move that'll be finalized probably around like the logistics of it will be fully finalized like as it gets colder here oh wow um, okay yeah, yeah. so um, uh, yeah so March I had been in San Jose teaching and I was teaching at a high school I normally teach at and I uh, kind of helped with their acting stuff and develop their vocal program there and mm. it was like every day Every day there was a new bit of news yeah. coming from the East Coast, and then it was traveling west rapidly. And then uh, every day at the high school, it was like, "Are we going to close? Are we going to close? Maybe we're going to close. Maybe." And then it was like, by the within two weeks, everything had closed. So yeah. I was home, and I was in touch with my friends, and I was like, you know, should I come back to New York? I'm here. I'm in my with my mom in my like house we moved into when I was in high school and I love I mean I love that house I love being home and stuff, yeah but I was like am I going to come back is there anything to come back to that's going to pick back up and everyone was like absolutely do not come back here yeah I was like oh okay so then from March probably mid-March became two weeks became a month then it was there for my birthday then I was there for my, my birthday in April and my mom's birthday in May and then I didn't come back for three months plus yeah. I came back to New York on probably like June 12th. And then by then it was summer. Uh, mask protocol was in full swing. Uh, everyone was, it was warm out. It was nice. People were outside. And now it's kind of uh, getting to be, it's still sunny, but the temperature's dropping and we're going to see like kind of how the fall winter goes. I got my flu shot, which I haven't gotten in like 11 years. Oh my God. I have um, not me either. I'm like, oh. I don't know if I want to. I don't know. I got it, and you know what? It was chill, so I got yeah. it. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to right now, just just trying to, you know, be a good citizen in that way. Yeah. So I'm trying to just listen to Dr. Fauci and whatever he says and do yeah. that. And, um, what about the Broadway life? Like, 
I mean, obviously, that's Honestly, like. Honestly, you asked, yesterday was <laughs> day 200 of shows being dark, I believe. Oh, my God. I, don't quote me on that, but I think it was day 200. And when you figure, like, sometimes, if you figure, like, 200 performances, not even, so this is 200 days, right? So if you figure eight shows a week, yeah. 200 days, you have to account for, if I were going to do the math in my head. 200 days, you know, I'm going to do this math on my computer right now. Just I'm like, I'm going to do it on my phone right now. Yeah, 200 days divided by seven days in a week, right? Yeah. So that's 28 weeks divided by eight shows a week, uh, right? Yeah. So no, wait, sorry. So 28 weeks, though, times eight shows Times, a week. yeah. 28 times eight equals... So it's 200 weeks, but it's really around 224 performances. Yeah. If you figure in 52 weeks a year times eight, there are 416 performances divided by 224. Yeah, that means that some good shows only run for half a year and they're good. They just, you know, on a good, things can't stay open forever. Yeah. All the shows have lost half a year's worth of performances to this. So when you think about that, like if you figure a good show runs for a year, you know, and that's considered lucky sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's already been a half a year's worth just to the shutdown worth of performances, which when you think of, when you think of like manpower, actors. Behind the scenes. How, yeah. Yeah. When you think of all of that, all of that work lost, it's actually a huge, 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 huge hit. Yeah. Huge hit. So, um, yeah, we are kind of just hanging out over here. Well, um, what, what, what's been one of your, what's been your favorite shows that you've done? I know what my favorite ones are. That, that I've done? Yeah. Which ones? Um, well, let's go back to high school. <laughs> Because oh my gosh. right when I uh, I worked out this morning and we called it, I work out with these two friends, well, three friends, but one of them's out of town. And we decided that Wednesdays were going to be work it Wednesdays and we were going to play Missy Elliott all day during our workout. <laughs> and so, so um, uh, Get Your Freak On came on. And I was like, you guys, I will never forget the time when I went to Lincoln High School and saw you and Amber perform and do that song. Remember that? completely, (laughs) I didn't forget. I did not forget. That was something, this is so crazy, in high school I had this really good friend named Shannon Hanley. I wonder if Shannon, if you ever hear this... She's, like, one of the most gifted choreographers I've ever met, and anyone would say that. She still teaches, I believe she's in the Bay. Uh, yeah. She went to, I think she got her dance degree from maybe Arizona State. Uh-huh. I believe, I could be wrong on that, but I think she did go to college in Arizona, but she's, like, this incredible modern choreographer, but she would, her hip-hop was always very kind of, like, storytelling and modern-y, and yeah. always really earthy, and that was, like, the best part of her. She's also an amazing dancer. So, yeah, we did this thing we, like, worked on after school, and then we did it, and we, like, only, it was probably only seven or eight people in it, like, only the people we, like, really liked, but Amber was in it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I completely forgot. That was for, like, a dance performance. Performance. Like, workshop performance. Thing. Yeah. 
Oh, so that's one of your favorite. But now, if you're going into the high school realm, but the Cowardly Lion, I think the Cowardly Lion was the best. The Cowardly, li- <laughs> the Cowardly Lion, yes, some of my best work at 15. Your cocoa. If talking about high school theater, we did this. We did Once in the Sound that got revived on Broadway recently. We did it in high school, but we took it oh, to yeah. the in Edinburgh. We went to Scotland with it. That still yes. must be has got to be my. Uh, probably like one of the top theatrical experiences of my life. I think that was formative because now, you know, I'm obsessed with traveling. I'm always yeah. looking for next time I can get somewhere, which is why this also the pandemic has really, really sucked because living in New York, we're so close to Europe. Oh my I mean, God. I, I know. Not like London close, but you know, a six hour flight, I can be in California or I could be like, you know, over in there. Europe. I can go yeah. to London and see theater. I can go to, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been tough, but speaking, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Now, that Edinburgh, that Edinburgh experience was formative. Formative, because I'm like, oh, you know, theater is, theater, you know, it, it reaches people, but we literally were able to, like, reach people overseas. We were yeah. lucky to go in high school, but it, it sort of, yeah, that sort of made me, like, that definitely kind of cemented the fact that I was probably going to be stuck in the theater performance life, yeah. yeah for the rest of my life which is you know <laughs> it's been but no I'm not complaining it's 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 uh it's definitely not without ups and downs but it's also really it's 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 satisfying yeah it's a satisfying pursuit it's a satisfying thing when everything goes really well it's there's nothing like it so and then obviously I was like Ugh. My friends on Gossip Girl, so... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, not on Gossip Girl, but one line in Gossip Girl in 2008, which is funny. I've been getting a lot of messages about that during the pandemic because people are rewatching every Everything, yeah. Season of every show. Oh, I would rewatch that in a heartbeat. It's so good. That it's and, a solid show, right? That and the 90210 remake. They were on at the same time. So good. So oh, no, good. I'm an original. I'm an original in 902. Oh, well, I've watched, yeah, I've watched that, those seasons, like, three times. You had to be home on Thursday nights. Uh-huh. There was no Grey's Anatomy. There was no. no Grey's Anatomy Thursday night. It was Fox 2, yep. 90210, followed by Melrose Place, and then yep. 10 o'clock was the news, and you had to go to bed because you probably didn't even do your homework. Well, I was sneaking to watch it. I wasn't allowed to watch now until it home. It was very racy. Yeah. So was Melrose Place. Yeah. Oh, Melrose Place was just like yeah. provocative. Yeah, very. On there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think one of my favorite um, Broadway performances was uh, How to Succeed in Business. Oh, yeah, you came and saw that. That was a... Both that, times. Uh, with Radcliffe and with Jonas. Oh, yeah, we, um, that was fun. We had a good time in that. Yeah, it was that a fun was a, show. That was full out. Yeah. That was a full out experience. Like the full, you know, Broadway experience with like all the press and the morning shows and the yeah. crazy fans and like the, yeah, that was really cool. That was the most probably eye-opening Broadway experience for me. Oh, really? You know, yeah, because that was like the full out, you know, sold out houses and, um, mm-hmm. 
crazy fans and not crazy stage door. And, you know, you think about today and like, you're like, you know, what are, when the theaters come back, you know, what's the stage door going to be like, you know, are people going to even be able to crowd on top of one another and scream and you sign autographs and, you know, do that whole thing. Yeah. Of, you know, social distancing. Um, so the ripple effect of it is going to be strange to see when it all does come back. Like what happens? What's the audience, the audience experience like, you know, we're getting actually today, funnily enough, in New York, it's September 30th. We're getting indoor dining back at 25%. Oh, cool. We just got that on yeah. like September, like we got it like two weeks ago, I think. What has it been like there? Um, so I would say that the places that are like in Gaslamp, like Fifth, Fifth Avenue, Fourth Avenue, that are big, like touristy streets, um, they're not really having a problem because they they close down the street on the weekends and I think the weeknights like after a certain time and you can like sit inside or outside but for instance Josh's restaurant at the Lion Share it's like it's hit or miss because it's already they built an outdoor seating area but the indoor space is so small so like for them to operate at 25% capacity, I mean, that bar used to be packed and then people would be eating, you know, and people would just be like kind of standing around. It would be get so busy. And now it's like maximum six people at the bar where it used to be yeah. like 25. And then, yeah. and then max, I think there, there's maybe like five tables inside so it's like, yeah. it's just not the same vibe. It's the it's the same great cocktails and amazing food, but it's just not the same vibe, which sucks. Yeah, I am. Um, I so I just shot a the podcast. We just had our season finale, our, our twelfth episode. We're finishing it all now, but oh cool. We just actually went back um, because we had done this business episode two that my friends own. Uh, a, kit, uh, a, a bar restaurant on Restaurant Row um, on 46th Street. Uh-huh. And it's their venture. It's their three-year anniversary today, actually. So we just went back and reshot this huge, like, flash mob music video for the jingle we created for them. Oh, the Hold Fast? Um, yeah, Hold Fast. Okay. So, but speaking of what you're describing, is they're getting indoor dining back today. And that's cool, but, you know, when you're in a bustling restaurant area, you know, when you're Pick, when you're a proprietor and you're kind of picking a space, you're not always picking for like huge square footage. You're not anticipating like, I want a dining. You don't always want a dining room that sits a hundred something people because the bar is the heart of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So you're picking a shape of you know you're picking real estate and you're picking a shape of something that's actually going to keep people close in proximity so that you know so they, they mingle and experience. they yeah yeah and, that, yeah and that's how Holdfast is. It's kind of like a. Uh, they're on the they're on the first floor, but it's kind of like you go down a few stairs, and it's like a wooden, very cozy sort of haven on Restaurant Row. Yeah, um, and it feels very mom and poppy, and everything is really, really well done. So they've adjusted to the outdoor dining thing, which I have to say, in New York has been really cool to have Restaurant Row closed off. It feels very European, and and it's awesome. Yeah, that's um, how it is in Little Italy here. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But then you think like, well. You know, adding the uh, the indoor dining is great, uh, but the main thing is they're you know they're scared like well as we're doing this transition like if there's bad weather now in the winter we're still going to kind of be screwed because yeah they have yeah. their patio covered and New York has uh, has um, 
New York has okayed uh, gas heaters on the street now for outdoor dining. Outdoor dining is here to stay, which is really, really cool. So they're going to have to figure out gas codes and all that. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, But there will be outdoor heating and stuff. But it's still going to be tough in really, really bad weather if there's capacities, capacity limitations on indoor dining just because they're kind of going to be in the same boat. We're going to hope, be hopeful, be optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, my, I digress. My point is, yeah, you, we had been going to these places because of the vibe and because of the cozy vibe and the proximity to people. And now that's kind of all different. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, you're kind of thinking, uh, yeah, where are we going to go with this? What are we sort of, how is this sort of going to go? We'll see. I mean, hopefully the numbers stay stable. I think the numbers with schools opening back up are going to have to climb. And Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, it's just weird. It's a different – it's a new – we have a new consciousness as far as, like, how close we are to people. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, like, yelled at somebody. <laughs> I didn't yell at her, but I was at the – I shop at the um, – the like Mexican grocery store down the street from my house and I just rolled my ankle like 10 days ago and uh like three days after I rolled my ankle I was wearing like this brace and I was like hobbling around the grocery store and this lady like you rolled your ankle doing what oh walking like oh no I'm sorry that sucks that's an annoying I literally fell off a curb walking to yoga like it was so stupid yeah but I was, like, laying in the middle of the street. This guy was like, are you okay? Oh, my God. Oh, really bad. Like, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's much better now, so that's good. But anyway, so, like, this lady was, like, standing right behind me. And I'm like, dude, I could trip on you and, like, fall. So I don't know why you're so close step to me. Off. Yeah, step off, girl. Step off, biatch. Yeah. <laughs> Or how, how do you say it in Spanish? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how to say I mean, you could say, I don't know how to say step off. <laughs> I don't know how to say step off biatch in Spanish. Like, in the appropriate way. I should ask, I'll ask one of my neighbors. Josh might know. Step off biatch. Oh, my God. Um, no, so, I mean, yeah, it's a new level of consciousness as far as, like, uh personal space definitely in a city i you know in a city i've been in for 15 years where personal space is a definite luxury and then oh like, my God. yo yeah. hygiene like yeah are you dirty yeah dude like yeah. do you wash your hands are you like coming to work nasty knowing you're like contagious with something that's something i've always had a thing yeah about. or me like i mean girls can be just as nasty as boys i've learned that over the years especially waxing brazilians um, <laughs> but like oh my gosh I'm, a, a jingle a jingle tag is coming to mind oh my god I need a how light jingle Dude, BT yeah, dub yeah you need to give me just give me some specs and I'll think about it yeah we can even maybe get the like a, a Brazilian sound effect with the wax like yeah <laughs> that would be really good that's a good idea yeah that would be that's awesome cool. And then, like, yeah, kind of, like, sure. the, the sound of, like, the steamer, you know? And the steamer stu- sound, yeah, the steamer sound, the uh, the Brazilian wax ripping off, maybe the, ay, like, the stuff yeah, the, you, like, ow. rip it off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, that's good. That's really <laughs> but, yeah, like, guys, how many guys were not washing their hands after they went to the bathroom? Like. It's so gross. Like, what about that? Like, ew. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, even myself. I'm like, how many times was I drunk and be like, I don't want to wash my hands. Like, Meh. like. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I'm in airports a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. I remembered it's absolutely horrifying when you think about, like, it, it's just, it's gross. Plus, yeah. I mean, phones, like, cell phones are gross. You know what I mean? The surface of your yeah. cell phone is gross. Yeah, so many germs. Sorts of things, and yeah, so. Um, but look, now people are, like, having to think about it, hopefully. And are um, aware. Say, for the most yeah. part, New York has been really, really good about it. Uh, um, and we'll just, you know, we'll press on. We'll see. Uh, and we'll, we'll see how things go, you know? Yeah, I hope like it is. We're not, we're not getting political on here because then that's a whole other thing. But yeah, just let's just hope the, Karen, just the Karens of the world don't ruin it for all of us. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, so are you back to are you are you like limited seeing clients now? I haven't even talked to you about this, or I haven't been following. Um, uh, no, so I mean, I have procedures that have always been put in place, like for disinfecting and and, and antibacterial and everything by the board of cosmetology that yeah. we that have been in place for twenty plus years that you have to abide by. So. The fact that we were shut down for so long is just, like, preposterous to me because we had to be clean anyways. Like, and they could show up anytime they wanted and do an inspection, like, unannounced. You know what's crazy when I think about your line of work? Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. It's like what you said about, like, how you you have to be clean, right? It's your clients that shock you about how nasty they are sometimes. Yeah. You'd be like, uh, these procedures are in place for you, but you know what? They're in place for me because you nasty. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So gross. Plus when people are paying for, you know, a, any sort of service. Yeah. They really, the nasty ones especially, like, expect, you're like, um, you're gross. I'm actually just supposed to do what you're paying me to do, not. Right. And those are the ones that were, like, not tippers. I'm like seriously, you're gonna you're gonna pay nothing because you got a Groupon, and then you're gonna be like that, and then you're not gonna tip, and yeah, what's wrong with you? Like, just yeah, like, yeah. It's, oh, so anyway, sorry. It's so you've had you've had protocols. You've had protocols in place. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no. Um, we've had protocols, and then they sent out like you know other other you know it's basically just like. Where you know where both both people need to be wearing masks, um, but I mean I'm lucky because I will wear I'll wear my mask um, as long as people want me to, um, especially when I'm doing facials because I'm so close. Um, so that for sure. But I it's it's kind of easier for me because I'm not a brick and mortar. I'm you know I'm yeah. renting a suite. So I'm I'm one on one on my own, which I think is like better too in itself. Um, But I feel bad for like the brick and mortars that you know when I went to my hair salon, like they have to do all these crazy procedures and like, I mean, you walk in the door, I have to have my temperature taken, and then everything is plastic. I can't even bring my purse in. I have to put my belongings in a Ziploc bag while my and it's just like. And on top of that, from an environmental perspective, it's like, cool, well, where's all these plastic bags going afterwards? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Thing has been, the plastic thing has been so nuts. Nuts. And now it's like the disposable masks. And I mean, yeah. 
I just watched uh, the 2018 documentary Our Planet uh, a couple episodes, and it's just, like, heartbreaking. It's like, these walruses are literally, like, basically committing suicide off the side of these cliffs in the Arctic because they don't have enough ice to lay on. So they, they're, like, all smashed together, and then they try and go up these cliffs to get back in the water, and they fall off, and they, like, die. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like we're dealing with coronavirus now, but this, but this is like the little piece of the big, mm-hmm. po- big problem. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That dry, that makes me. I could just. That's like what that breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. I don't really have it. I'm still dealing with the. Uh, with. Yeah, we're not getting political. Um, yes, there are a lot of things that there are a lot of things like that that just make me. Uh, I I just sitting scratching my head going. Um. But you know, uh, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the quarantine cocktail club because that's fun. Oh, oh <laughs> my gosh! So, um. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I, uh... Like, how did... I didn't even know that you were, like, into making cocktails. Like, how did that even come about? This was a long time... This was... I just told the story, actually, we meet every Thursday. Uh, For everyone who's listening, the Quarantine Cocktail Club is something I started... um, I don't even know... I know why. Uh-huh. I was, I'm actually was just recently doing my accounting for it, so I had to look back at like all the dates. I'm like, when did you get the crazy idea? It was the beginning? It was mid May, maybe like the second week of May. Um, was it for your mom's birthday? No, it was the week before. Okay, it was the week before my mom's birthday, um, and we were all sitting around and like there was really a lot. I mean, if people are telling you a big part of the pandemic. If people try to tell you that a big part of the pandemic was not drinking at home, they're lying, or they yeah. just don't drink. <laughs> yeah. It was like every day at five or six, you're like, well, uh, well, yep. Your hand just would go into that position of like either a stemware or a low ball, just would lift up, and you're like, well, where's my. So I started just like uh, every day, I'd like make. The, I remember specifically the beginning of. Uh, Quarantine was like all Negronis. It was mezcal Negronis. Oh my god, I'm like so in love with Negronis. Like, and it was Negronis with. I'm gonna plug. It was Negronis with Saint George Botanivore, and it was instead of Campari, I was using Bruto Americano because I was in the Bay, so I was like, I'm using Saint George. Um, uh-huh. Saint George. Um, so that was the beginning of quarantine, and then Total Wine was killing the game as far as bringing me massive orders of wine and everything. <laughs> I tried wine, but I was like, nah, so I just went to like hard liquor. So the second week of May, I'd been like mixing, 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 and then I was like, you know what? We don't know when bars are going to open back up, and also not only that, I'm with my mom. I'm socially distant from my sister and her fiancé and their parents and my aunt, so I'm like, we're all social distancing. We're having happy hour. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we're having happy hour, five o'clock Thursday. Yeah. Everyone came on. I remember I was really into my gin that I was just plugging. And so I was like, eh, we're doing a gin class. I'll teach everyone four cocktails. What the hell? Who cares? Yeah. Now, side note is nobody knows in one very brief life in New York, after I'd already been an actor, I'd already been on Broadway, I decided to go and bartend because I love Oh, I didn't know. 
So I got a job uh, with no bartending experience. This bed manager was crazy. There's a bar restaurant in New York that's now closed that Mark Murphy owned called Landmark. It's in the Time Warner Center. I've been going there since I got to New York. I was a regular there like, yeah, I was like a once a weeker. I think I've been there. Yeah, you may have even been there with me, honestly. Yeah. Your parents have been there with me. Okay. After a show, I told yeah. my mom, and I probably went with my mom after How to Succeed maybe once years ago. I would go there all the time. I knew the servers. I had one server uh, who became a friend. Her name was Hadley. She was a manager. I was like, hey, would you think there ever let me bartend here? She's like, I don't know. Let me ask. They let me bartend. <laughs> I was really not great with the menu, but I really loved the cocktail side of it, and I loved everything I learned about wine, and I think I'm the only actor who was like my bartending side job. I'm sorry to see it go. I was sorry I couldn't work more. Mm-hmm. So the beverage manager was like, you have no experience. Um, his name was Retta, awesome guy. But he's like, you know what? You seem really cool. I think people will like you. You have to learn our specialty cocktails, and I'm going to give you this book. And he gave me this old, tattered book from their wine room that was like 750 cocktails. I still have it. It's on my counter. <laughs> um, and so I just, he's like, study that. You know, you should at least know how to make, like, standard stuff. And then the bartender's, like... Luckily, who worked there knew everything. One girl who I worked with named Bronca had, like, cocktailed in L.A. She knew everything. This dude named Dale, who's still a friend of mine, a girl named Hannah. They all were just great, and they were great to learn with. Okay. So I learned all this shit having had no experience. I worked maybe, like, one or two days a week. But the cool thing about that is they have a main bar where if you're in the main bar, you're just doing the bar, and you're doing service and drinks in the bar. Yeah. Uh, but they also have the restaurant was so big, they have a service bar. So that's where you really learned. Okay. Because you're making in the back, you're making drinks for, for the, the whole, whole place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you sort of would get your speed and the tickets would come in and you'd be like, oh my God, and you'd be making everything that would go out. And then if you got really backed up, sometimes the front bar would kick in, but then the service bar would close. And then as they were closing, they just used the main bar. So I loved it. Yeah. I had a ball. So yeah. I was like, yeah. Um, and then kind of. In the pandemic, when bars were closed, I kind of was like, you know, I would love to still give people, like, kind of a bar experience. That would be fun. Like, I st- I'm weird. I still remember the first time I made someone a cocktail, and she was like, this is a really good cocktail. Like, I remember this girl. I and you're like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I remember, like, this weird. I remember, like, how that made me feel. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I really was like, bartending was something I really enjoyed. So... Um, I don't know. I started doing that. So second week of May, I did it. Then my mom's, we had a crazy Zoom birthday party for her. And I did yeah. like a, a class with like 60 people. Your parents were there. Everyone was screaming. It was really wild. I had to like set it up in my mom's living room. Yeah. Then I was just like, keep doing it. See what happens. Yeah. Then I started doing it. Then I started giving tips. And then I was like, when I got back to New York, I kept doing it. And then I was like, all right, I need to like kind of push myself over the paywall for this. Yeah get an email list so then I have and now I've been kind of uh bringing in you know money with it the past month and I'm growing and I've talked to my first like sales rep in New York about how to find people stuff and so you know baby steps but it's still a way that I can do that thing that brings me joy like create something and you know Mm -hmm. I come you know my mom's a chef so I come from that yeah style of thinking as far as like of course service hospitality and like making creativity yeah yeah, uh-huh. so, um, yeah, I was like, you know, I bet I can do this. So this week is actually wild because it's our first full-out infuse, but it's like everyone had homework. I'm like, I can't get you – you can't infuse bourbon with bacon in 90 minutes, so everyone who signs up this week is going to have to come with your your 
it, you know, you're right. Have to you have to infuse at home. So I sent them all directions. If they subscribed, one woman was like, "I don't eat pork." Like friend, it was like, "We can do brown <laughs> butter for you. Let me just figure out. We'll do brown butter. We'll do that." Oh so my god! It's been a really cool thing. Yeah, it's, it's so much really, fun. Yeah. Like oh, I, yeah, you've been on. You and you've been on. By, you've been on with Josh. You've been on with your friend Carly. Yeah, yeah. It's been really. And uh, I'll be back in October because I I did Perfect. sober September. So sober September. Last day, final day today. How was it? What do you feel you gained or lost, or how was it? Uh, I've it heard was of sobriety. It's something I've been told about. Yeah, <laughs> it. So I've done it once before. Uh, about two years ago, and that was actually, I did it a little bit longer than a month because I was doing a fitness yeah. challenge. But honestly, for me, I wanted to test myself to prove to myself that I could be in social settings uh, and not feel pressured or obligated to drink and have fun. So, oh, that's good. That's yeah. Good. And Honestly, I would say, like, probably the first 10 days were a little, like, okay, like, this is kind of boring. Like, I'm not coming home and having, like, a glass of wine with my dinner or whatnot. Um, Because for me, it's, it's, it's an easy ripple effect. Like, let's just be honest, like... One glass, one glass of wine. Like, what's the point? Like, I'm gonna have the whole bottle because I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like sure. over a four hour period. Yeah, like, so, um, I feel great. Like, I feel like there's like a sense of clarity, and I feel like I've gotten um on a really good routine of like waking up, going to the gym, or working out. You know, I've and it was the perfect timing because I really wanted to be present and be productive with reopening the business. So, you know, that's good because for like a couple, I would say for like the whole month of August and half of July, I was just like, I don't care about social media for the business. Like, I'm not into it. I'm not passionate. I don't have any nothing's like brewing in my head of how I want it, want stuff to be posted and stuff like that. And so it's really allowed me to focus focus a lot more which yeah and just know that I can like have fun and I don't have to feel like like I've gone to happy hours and I've gone to bars and Josh and I had a date night and I had mocktails and it was amazing so it's like Mm -hmm. it can be like that it doesn't always have to be like about drinking yeah you know booze is a funny thing isn't it yeah it is. Yeah, because I love it, and I uh, yeah I love it, but I also get like. And then like Amber, she doesn't drink, you know. So it's yeah, like Amber, my, yeah, Amber doesn't drink. My sister Amber doesn't drink, which is also. But you know what? It's always too. You know, if I'm you know if I'm super busy or performing or I have things like I can't really. Yeah. Um. Oh, excuse me. That was gross. I have to stop <laughs> belching on air. My writing partner's like. He has like women who are, like, DMing him on Instagram, like, if that guy burps one time, one more time on the podcast. Really? I'm like, whatever. At least you're not farting. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, not like anyone would... Yeah, like, I put the mic up to my... Yeah, I'm like... like yeah. Um, no, it's like when you talk for an hour nonstop or you're singing, air gets trapped in there, like... Yeah. Sorry, boo. Um, no, you know, booze is a funny thing because it's, uh... It's, um... It's... It's addictive and it's a it could be a slippery slope 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a legal, it's a totally legal substance. Yeah. That causes, can cause some serious problems. Right. And I feel um, like with the craft cocktail yeah. scene is what it is. It's like, it's, it's more than just drinking. Like you're not just. You're not just drinking wine. You're not just drinking alcohol out of the bottle. Like when I, you know, was in high school and drank Smirnoff ice out of the bottle just to get drunk or raspberry Smirnoff. Like it's an experience now. And like it could be for me, it's like, okay, I have like I could have like two craft cocktails like at a bar. But then, okay, I'm going to switch to wine because and then and then. Two hours later, you're a little tipsy. Then you more tipsy than you wanted to be. You know. Yeah, you know, I I pretty much too. Uh, I'm pretty a lot. You know, I was really overweight when I was growing up, but now I'm in yeah. much better shape, and so that's kind of part of my lifestyle as well. But it definitely like training too. You're like the alcohol makes it. You're like, Bleh. oh my you god, know, you, yeah. You after you know after one drink, if you're kind of training heavily or working out or have worked out heavily, and I like to have a drink every day. Mm-hmm. That first drink is like goes immediately into my bloodstream, and I'm yeah. like, oh god, whoa. So it's like it does. You do have to be careful. Like I would, yeah. Be, I would I would be lying to you if I said you didn't. So it's good to sort of have those. I have found in my life that they're built into my work naturally because if I'm ever performing a lot or something or I have to stop, normally it naturally like I can't drink. Yeah, so you much. can't. Yeah. Yeah, you but it's it's a oh. it's a matter of putting your priorities first. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Oh, uh uh so anyway, that's been going on. It's been going really well. The nice thing is that everyone is at home. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um and it's been a really cool way mostly to, you know, we don't know when our parents who are in their 60s are going to ever want to go back to bars. They may never. Right. You yeah. Know? So it's a nice way to spend time with them. And it's really the coolest thing is it's about, it's been, is has been that. Like, I have like kind of three or four regions now. So we have like, I have someone, I have some people who come on in the South, people in the Midwest, West and East Coast. So we all get together every week. And then uh, people come on and then they sign off and they come back and it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. But it's kind of cool to find out how things are in every region and every time zone. Yeah. It's so fun. It is going. It's super fun. And you know, then you mess up your kitchen, but you're at home. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, so that's been cool. Uh, and I'm happy about that. I'm also do. I mean, I do in the pandemic, it's been so weird. Like I'm doing, a mil- I'm doing a million things now on the side that have all started to sort of pick up steam. Uh, so I'm really, really lucky and thankful. Well, you've had, you, I mean, naturally you have a creative mind, so it's like you get these ideas and you can either bring them to fruition or put them on the back burner, but I mean. Yeah, you know, in the professional creative world, you know, I'm mostly making things for other people that they've made. Right. You know, so now like I work on this, I work on this podcast called Pod Healthy Outcast that also started during the pandemic. Uh, a buddy of mine and I, John Campion, who's from Dallas, he came on for my birthday Zoom that my mom threw me, and he was the only one in the three o'clock group. Aww. And he was in a suit and tie, and I was like, hey, what's up, man? How are you? So he played me happy birthday on the piano, and I was like, hey, we should... Ha- we started spitballing, I was like, we should, like, make some sort of podcast where... I don't know how it ended up this way, but I was like, we should make some sort of podcast where we're doing commercial jingles, because we're both music nerds and obsessed with commercial jingles of, like, the 80s and 90s, when commercial jingles were a thing. Yeah. 
we should do something where we like are doing these for small businesses during the pandemic. Yeah. So he was like, okay, well, let's see. So we played with a bunch of different names. We started with like, what's my note is our first name for it. And we would like send, send sound clips or whatever. Then I wrote this stupid vocal jingle. That's only my voice for our intro. And then it was born. So then the first thing we did was, I don't even know what our first one was maybe back in April, but we did it for my favorite coffee shop in San Jose called Roy station because I was like, if they ever closed, that would be the most ridiculous, unfair thing. Yeah. In the world. So we did that. And our first write up, we got into the San Jose Mercury news. I know it was so good. Oh, thank you. So then that sort of started us kind of like cooking and then it started, the ball started rolling and we actually have now four paid clients and we just actually won this grant in San Jose because one of the guys on the San Jose Rotary Club saw Roy's and was like, you should apply for this grant. And by the, by the time I found out about the grant, we were like seven episodes in. So I had a catalog of material to send them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I write a lot of it. And then I sort of am like the head, like kind of the creative director. John is sort of the director of production and does all the editing and everything. Yeah. He writes too. And then all the vocals are us. So, um, at Pod Help the Outcast on Instagram, we're finishing our first season. Episode 12 is getting edited as we speak. But we've gotten to meet a lot of different people. We've done the Bay Area. We've done uh, New York. We have done Denver, Colorado. We've done uh, Columbus, Indiana. Um, and now you get to do San Diego. Yeah, yeah and now we're going to do San Diego. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do, like, I don't know what we're going to call it. I don't know, like, I don't, maybe the Brazilian... The, the name Brazilian Shuffle is coming to my mind. Well, you have you could look at, like, my Insta... Well, you'll have to have uh, John, like, show you my Instagram for the business, okay. and then you'll get okay. ideas. Um, okay. And, but I... My favorite... I can't... Well, I... Of your pod... Everybody needs to go follow Pod Help the Outcast, because it's just... It's light, it's funny, and it's for a good cause, and it's just heartwarming, too, at the same time. Um, but I feel like you were a Dogfather fan. Oh, my God, yes. Dogfather, yeah, Dogfather. Okay, so there's this guy, I'm going to talk about him really quickly, because he actually is doing mobile dog grooming now for people who couldn't afford dog grooming in the pandemic. He has a truck, uh, and he had... In New York. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe he was in New York. He's in Harlem, but maybe a GoFundMe or something like that, or I don't know what it was. What are the GoFundMe, Patreon, one of those? Mm-hmm. Um, the dog father of Harlem, if you look him up, he'll come up. But he got a truck and was doing mobile dog grooming across the country to people who couldn't afford to have their dogs groomed. So we did something for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's just. These are the type of people we meet that are like doing. We did this laundry mat in New York called VNT's Laundry Box. That's like a community laundry mat in a Harlem, but like. Which the video movie. was awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, that, video that was, was fun. So <laughs> the video turned out great. It was so much work, but like they both were in it. It was so cool. Yeah. Over the moon. The guy like cried when we showed him, and I'm like Aww. that. Yeah, I was like that is what creativity can do. But I also have a newfound respect for people. You know, for people's work who I've been doing for years. And I'm like, you know, now I understand why they get so prickly or so emotional when things don't go right. Because when you're on that, on that, side, that side of side of responsibility yeah. to make it work. And so um, everyone I was ever an asshole to is an actor. There are so many of you, probably in the hundreds. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have been better. But now be nicer. Who's your favorite um, actor? Who's one of your favorite actors of any anyone, whether you know them or not? 
first person as far as a comedic actor comes to mind is uh, is Martin Short. Oh my God, he he did he did the black uh, and white ball for Archbishop Mitty for my high school. He performed. Are you serious? Yeah. I worked with him very in a very small capacity years ago. I did this benefit for the public theater of Pirates and Penzance, and he played the. <laughs> He played the father who's like the mayor or something. I forget the names of the characters. And he just is like the funniest. He's so he's funny. He's constantly going. I don't know. He's just but like one. The, I'm always like the product on stage too is like incredible. I'm also, I don't know, having when I did How to Succeed, I really just watched John Larroquette like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a huge, like, I'm really very much into Jeffrey Wright. I feel like he's my idol and spirit animal type-wise and, like, all the different types of things he's been able to do. Um, I love him. Um, I love Martin. Like, yeah. I love Martin Short in Father of the Bride. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> the best. The best. Wrong. Nothing better. <laughs> Just like such a character actor, and just, yeah. just do you remember? Pro- I remember in college, I'd watch Primetime Glick. Do you remember that when he wore the fat suit? Yes. yes. He used to have that talk show where he just was in that. It's just like physical comedy. It's yeah. Just silly, but it's also so specific. That's, I don't know. That's I, like with I Dana Carvey just, too. Like Dana Carvey yeah. with the like. Yeah. I, mean, I can recite. Wayne's World. I had the VHS. Oh my god! Yeah, I watched it yeah. um, recently during the pandemic or during quarantine, and I was just like, "This is so good! It's just so good." Yeah. I mean, we um, used to watch that those movies. Uh, so I used to spend pretty much every summer day in like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade at Justin's house because my mom worked close by, and my mom, my mom would just worked very close by. Yeah, yeah, and she would just drop me off in the morning, and me and Amber had our. Uh, had our talk show lineup starting with Jenny Jones, uh, Ricky Lake, Jerry Springer. Oh yeah, too much, <laughs> too much. Side note: One project I worked on in New York uh, was this crazy project called Jerry Springer the Opera. <gasps> oh I, my God! Two, yes, this was two seasons ago yes. uh, off Broadway. And I remember my meeting with the director and we were talking about it. And I was just like, "Oh, I've seen every episode of Jerry Springer because my mom would work and we'd be home. We'd watch." All every talk all show. of them so inappropriate <laughs> yeah so inappropriate yeah. yeah but yeah so what would you say is your favorite childhood memory of me oh gosh okay let me think about this there are so many there really are there's one there's a video there's one video of you dancing in your garage oh god yeah. Coke bottle glasses and braces. Yes. Yes. And I want to say you're dancing to like. Oh, you're dancing to that song by Meredith Whoever called Bitch. Oh, I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're yes. dancing. That's one. That's one that is a good one. Um, and I have like a string bean with like this big curly hair yeah, and Coke bottle glasses. Them, yeah, a lot of them have to do with. A lot of them have to do with Coke bottle glasses and braces because that's just the best. That's like vintage. Yeah. Um, probably definitely camping. There's got to be a camping one. Oh, no. Remember when we were sailing in maybe Monterey Bay and you guys almost fell off the boat? You were oh, yeah. You were bloody murder? Yeah. That's, that's a good one. When you and my sister were sliding off the edge of the sailboat and 
my friend Peter and I were in the basement <laughs> eating all the pizza. Yeah. We heard we heard screaming bloody murder, and you guys were like gonna slide into the water. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. And Claire and, and Claire and Linda only cared about their drinks. Yeah, Claire and Linda. <laughs> Your mom and my mom were just drinking wine and laughing. That's yeah. Really good one. I remember when I used to chase you around and try and like. Oh, yeah, you give... left me a. You, you left me a. One time you left us a voicemail. You left me a uh, a voicemail telling me you loved me at my mom's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you could hear your mom in the background going, "Oh my God, Alexis, are you on the phone?" And then it like cuts off. That was a good one. There are really so many. Oh, oh do you remember when your? This was a really good one. This was a terrible one because I know you had your father on here. Yeah. When your father broke his ankle in the mountains yes. on Thanksgiving. Yes. So, one Thanksgiving, what was the name of that? It was like near Sonora. It's a beautiful yeah. California's. Everyone, California has every Auburn. Was it Auburn? No, it was something oh. called, like, it was near Shasta, maybe, but the town was, like, uh... It was little. It was little. I don't yeah. believe it. But we were up there for Thanksgiving, and your father was going to deep fry the turkey outside on this hill. Yeah. And he falls down the hill, rolls over, breaks his ankle. Our moms are inside drinking wine yet again. And... Your brother Eli, <laughs> your brother Eli comes in. He's tiny. He opens the door. He goes, mom, dad needs you. <laughs> yeah. And then your mom is like, I'm drinking wine. Tell him I'll be there in a second. He's doubled over with a swollen cracked ankle. Down a hill. He like, it was down like a down hill. a hill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was. Another, and he was like, was Eli cool. came back. No, Eli came back and he was like, mom's busy. And my dad was like, Tell her I need her right now. Oh, yeah. Tell he, her I need her right now. But, like, on the floor. On yeah. The yeah. And he, so Eli comes back and he's like, Mom, Dad says he needs you really bad. <laughs> and then was, yeah. she was like, oh, my God, Ellen, you're down the hill. And I think your mom just started cracking up laughing. Like, oh, my God. And then we had the rest of the weekend to be up there. So he was like in a... In a in recliner. A, yeah. Yeah. And didn't go to the doctor, I don't think, until the end of the weekend. They no, were like... Not until we got back to San Jose, definitely. Yeah, they were like, oh, no, you're fine. Just sit here. Here's a cocktail. Here's some ice. You just stay here. <laughs> oh, man. That is... Cold. That's like really kind of cold in a lot of ways. Like, let's finish our weekend and then... Meanwhile, it's swelling. It's completely swelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are those those are very vivid. Those that's like four memories. Yeah, those are good. Um, what are we? Oh wait, I think you just are you there? Yeah. Oh, you just froze for a second. Oh. Um. Okay, I'm trying to think. Um. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of what else. What's your most embarrassing story from like Broadway? Oh, 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 embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. I don't know that I've ever had anything terribly embarrassing happen. I did mess up lines on stage once with, uh, 
with Daniel Radcliffe in a scene, and then I had the audacity to tell him to blame him, and he was so nice that he was like, "Oh, maybe I did mess it up." And I remember walking off stage. <laughs> I remember walking off stage, and John Larroquette was like, "I don't remember what exactly he said, but he was like, no, you must, you completely said the wrong lines.'" Like, and I had friends at the show because I was on that night for something. I was in such a high state of anxiety that I was like, "No, there's no possible way I messed it up." It's, my friend was like, "Yeah, you no. walked over." My friend was like, you you knew you messed it up, but you just, I didn't know I messed it up in the moment, but I walked over in the blocking. Yeah. And then I was in the wrong spot, so I walked back, but I was, like, still saying lines that were wrong, and I remember looking at Daniel, and he looked at me like, what are you doing? But I remember in my mind, I just rewrote it in my head, like, no, you messed it up. <laughs> nope. And then told him, I was like, did you mess up a line? He was like, yeah, maybe I did. He was so sweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You yes. just messed it up. You messed up the whole like. So I remember that was that was embarrassing. But I, in the moment, I just went into not panic mode. But yeah, panic mode, survival mode. Oh my god! That's yeah, you guys became anxiety. you guys became pretty good friends, right? You and Daniel. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's the sweetest, the sweetest guy ever. Uh, his family was so nice. He was so great. Um, yeah, I mean, they're the sweetest. If there's any like. Majorly famous person you want to work with, like he is the nicest guy. He was great to everybody. Just so awesome to work with. Like a great year in that regard, working with him. He was just the he's the greatest, and he's so yeah. talented. And yeah. He's like you know, he's one of those people. Like he had a franchise, and he was great. The franchise he was amazing in, and then he's gone on to do so many other great things. And you're like, that's you know what you want. I guess would you call him? I guess, yeah, you'd call him a child star for the beginning of his career, you know? Yeah, he was a baby. I literally just watched all the Harry Potters for the first time during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, but he came out of it into, like, this amazing heel. Yeah. I just love him. Plus, he's actually, he's also really funny, so he's done, like, a bunch of funny stuff. He's done a bunch of serious stuff. I've seen him, um, his, yeah, he got me tickets to see him in the Cripple of Inishman on the West End. Years. Oh. Uh, a few like years after how to succeed but this was years back and he just was like that was great he's amazing on stage I mean he's a great guy he's awesome so yeah I told Josh's uh, eight year old niece that uh, my friend knows Harry Potter and she was like what that's really funny she's like can you tell him can you tell him to come over (laughs) I was like yeah we'll see I need to read, I should go back and read the books instead of having seen all the movies so many times. The books, I should like read a book every now and then. Everyone's like, the movies don't count if you haven't read the books. I haven't read the books, but I'm such a slow reader. Like, I I really tried to get into books and I finished, um, I finished Mick Fleetwood's uh, autobiography called Play On, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. He's an amazing storyteller. Um, And I finished that through and through pretty probably the fastest I've ever read a book uh, during quarantine and now I have a couple that I got from the thrift store that I'm trying to uh, to get into because I'm like I need to read more and it's better than uh, like I am my habitual watch something on my iPad before I go to bed I mean oh, I've probably yes. watched Law & Order SVU all seasons through and through about three or four times <laughs> yes Law & Order SVU the best. One New York, the one New York actor who cannot get a Law & Order SVU episode. I even got <laughs> got 
booked an episode and then I got written out of it. My character got written out. Oh, and years no. Later I got called, years later, I got to final callbacks for another character. Didn't make the final. So we'll see. Maybe one day. Yeah. I mean, Funny if, story, actually, if Ludacris um, can do it, you can. I know. <laughs> Funny story, Mariska Hargitay. Yeah. Uh, who's actually... <laughs> She's gorgeous on the show, but in person, she's, like, a not, like, she's, like, gorgeous. Like, you're, like, oh, my God, you're the most gorgeous. She's so beautiful. Yeah. She came to Jerry Springer the Opera. <laughs> she was, like, oh, my God. Because I had to play in the first, in the first act, I played this guy who was, like, dressed in a, he came on the show to tell his girlfriend he liked to dress in a diaper, and he was, like, into being treated like a baby. Oh, I think your mom so told I, me this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, my first act, I spent in a diaper. Um... <laughs> And then the second act, I actually come back as Jesus. There's a very... Oh, my God. Jesus. So, Mariska Hargitay was at the show, and I hear just behind me, Oh, my God, it's Jesus! And it's <laughs> Detective Benson. <laughs> and a really funny story I have to tell you is when I sing, sometimes I have a really fast vibrato, and she goes... You are so funny. She's like, not only was Jesus amazing, but like the voice you were using to sing it, like that really fast goat voice. <laughs> like I was not using a goat voice. That was just my, my voice. <laughs> like, and then my friend who was standing with me was like, oh, goat voice. Ouch. That's hilarious. Yeah. You're the um, goat. You're the goat of Broadway. Isn't there like a baseball player named the goat or something? The goat. Oh no! I mean, a lot. The goat just means the greatest of all time. So the goat, you can call. You can oh, call I'm yeah, so not yeah, good with acronyms. No, you can call anybody the goat in any sport if they're the best. Like the goat, like Serena Williams, the goat. Oh, the okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. well, see, you learn something new every day. You learn something new every day. Not a literal goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. I had to like be like, all right, you should probably go take a voice lesson if your voice is sounding like a goat. That's probably not. Great. <laughs> But anyway, um, so you think you're going to move back, you're going to move back to the West Coast. Yeah, I'm kind of like, uh, it's, you know, the pod is kind of, you know, getting recognized there. I feel like, you know, uh, we are, yeah, we're kind of a bit busier. I feel like with people in that coast in the Bay, there's so much tech Mm-hmm. Uh, and so much kind of tech consulting, so much opportunity for fun stuff there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, no, it's like, you know, I can also be in New York. I'm actually, truth be told, I'm lucky enough to be uh, auditioning again. Oh, cool. Uh, Good. Yeah, so a lot of it is, but it's for camera stuff, but I'm lucky enough to sort of be, it's a new, you know, world. Uh, I auditioned for a play a couple weeks ago, but it's on camera, so there's Zoom doing it, and they're trying to figure out how to make everything's safe, you know, so, um, Mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough, very, very fortunate enough to kind of start doing that again, but it's like the first rounds are being taped, so if you can just kind of, like, tape yourself, uh, and then see, you know, where you need to be when things sort of start with dates, I mean, like, I'm kind of navigating that, so I think I'll be able to, lucky enough to, I have my place here, I can be here for work like that that I need to do, um, good. But yeah, you know, my family's all there and that's, uh, it's great to be there. Yeah. Claire's got some, you know, some, some magical things happen in the backyard. Yeah. She sure. My mom just, yeah, redid her backyard. So I'm going to go sit in it. Yeah. <laughs> in her lap so, pool um, or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, no. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I think, you know, I kind of was always like, yeah, I'll probably eventually move, you know, think about being more in one place than the other. So I think now is the time to sort of do that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Final question before you leave some words of wisdom. Uh, Josh okay. wanted, Josh wanted me to ask you if you could bartend anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, good question. Probably Spain. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I love Spain. Spain is my favorite place, one of my favorite places ever. Yeah, it's one of um, mine too. Although my sister's fiance, he speaks Chinese. He's a genius. Cause oh my know. God, I know. Genius. He was like, let's open a bar in Beijing. I was like, what? What? That would be just like really wild. But no, probably Spain in like, a, you know, some like small craft little thing. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking though? I might get into the pre-made game because when you do, I don't know, I'm on week 19 of my club now. I have like over 80 recipes that I've put together. Yeah. So I'm thinking to start doing as part of the club, like... I also don't want to create a lot of trash. So I'm hoping like maybe I can do a situation where I do glass bottles and people, cause it also would be pandemic friendly as if you had your own glass bottles and you send them back. Yeah, totally. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. for, uh, I created a mask knee, a mask knee mist. So it's a, oh, that's good. yeah, you're, I sent one to your mom. Um, and she like loves it. So yeah, it's a, it's a glass bottle and it has essential oils in it for antibacterial hydration and you can spray your mask or you can spray it directly on your skin. And it's like you buy it and then you can either, obviously if it's local, you can bring it back to me and I'll refill it for, for like a certain uh, discounted price. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Also, because like, you know, cocktails are like, you can do a little three or four ounce jar and get a shake it and get a good pour. The thing I like too, is if you do a jar, right, a little mini jar big enough for your little ice cube to fit in, you can shake it and drink it right in that jar with your ice cube, like a little cup. Okay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then yeah. you can just do it right in there, drain it. I could use one of my recipes. And then like, I'm trying to just think of like, my little base, you know, just keep, you know, evolving fun things for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then getting into the gift space would be cool. I'm one of the few New York people with a dishwasher. So glass would be really Ooh, nice. I don't even have that. There. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my answer to Josh's question. Okay. That's a good but one. It's just like the top of my head. Like second would maybe be Portugal. I went to the coolest bar in Portugal called Park Bar. Uh, Eli, my brother, he had, he had to go to Portugal twice for his, I wonder if he's been there because he went to like some really cool bars cause he had to go there for work twice for his old company. You should ask him, this is yeah. in the middle of Lisbon, but it's a parking lot. Yeah. You just go up this parking lot and then on the top floor there is a full outdoor bar. It's so cool with great drinks. Um, but you had to like know where it was. I don't even remember how I found out, but I was by myself in Portugal and I was with like a bunch of people. No, I met some random American guy who was like, hey, man, we're going to this bar. You want to go? I was like, yeah, man. So we all went <laughs> together. Um, it was super fun. Traveling alone is cool like that because you're like, I don't have any plans. So yeah. uh, let me. I know. Um, I'm tempted to just like do a solo trip somewhere. Where could you? You could do what you do anywhere. Oh, yeah. Like I've thought about. I'm like, Josh, you could like bartend on a cruise. I could work at the spa. We could work together like anywhere pretty much where does josh where does josh want to bartend oh i don't know josh where is he 
Babe. He's like, huh? <laughs> ask him what, ask him, I tell him I, I see his question and I return the question to him. Justin says he sees your question and returns the question to you. Where would you want to bartend? Anywhere in the world. He goes, oh, of course, duh, Thailand. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah. good one. That's good. Yeah. I've never been. That's cool. Um, okay, so we'll wrap it up. And I always end with, like, words of wisdom, words of advice, just anything that you think you could pass on to someone else that would inspire them, help them through a bad time, and just make them feel good. A virtual hug. Mm. Oh, I have so many. I'm trying to truncate them into one. Um... Oh man, I would say um, I have this actress friend who I worked with years ago, um, and we stayed friends. And she was like, you know, it sucks that we're not going to be working right now. And she was doing really well. She was the lead of a series, and she like went back to LA because um, she has a place there. And she was just like, you know, I'm not looking forward to this time of like uncertainty and being without work. She's like, but what I am looking forward to is finding my grit again. And I was like, finding your grit again? What are you, what is that? She's like, all the best things I've created in my life and that have come out of, have come out of me being in this need to evolve myself mm-hmm. and this need and from this gritty place of needing to find the next thing and plan it and develop it and then follow through with it. And that is what I think, like, the time we're all in right now, whether if you're creative or not. Mm-hmm. It's, like, getting getting in touch with yourself uh, in this time when you are kind of stopped, you know? Yeah. Getting back in touch with that. Getting to using this time to allow it, allow it to be meditative, more meditative than you were able to be before. Yeah. And getting back in touch with, like, that tiny, tiny voice that's, uh, often muted because of all the other priorities we have in life and like listening to it totally letting it be amplified mm-hmm. uh, and then listen and then following it yeah yeah and, you know it's like there's one yeah so finding the grid finding your grid again and embracing it and uh, letting it be sort of your 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 guide or your compass is one thing the other thing is there's this artist um, named Lisa Congdon. She's a visual artist that I love. She's based in Portland, but she's in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. She wrote, she, she designed this print that says begin anyhow. And so what I am a, I love that. Am a, yeah, I am a, um, I am a, and I used to like listen to her. I belong to this thing called creative bug online. Um, Courtney Cerruti is a San Francisco artist who I love too. It was like my first art class I ever took online that I love. But Lisa Congdon, she has this part, this is begin anyhow. And it's because it's like, no matter what, which is, I feel like what I told you full circle back. I'm like, even if you yeah. don't know what you're going to do on the podcast, what you're going to do, you simply have to start it. Yes. Because mm-hmm. once you start it, then you have to force yourself to continue it. Totally. If it, changes in, if it changes into something else, then you begin that. You always begin anyhow. Totally. Always start. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's my, those are my words of wisdom to send out into the universe. Because right now I'm kind of living proof that it kind of works. Now I'm not always exactly. a changer or whatever, but like I'm in a, I'm, I'm so happy right now. I'm not happy about all the work that's been taken away from people. I'm really happy with like the connection I'm myself finding and people have sort of been able to find to 
their purpose again, like what their service is. Yeah. What their, you know, I'm now trying to create things, use what I can do, what I can make myself, be in charge of it, but also use it to serve what my base is. And that's been a really enlightening and wonderful and humbling thing for me and a really fulfilling thing. Well, it definitely works for you. So I'm so glad you did the pod healthy all cast and you inspired me to just start anyhow. So, um, thanks. Yeah, you're doing, and it's great. You're so good at this. You just have to keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. Because you're going to reach people. You're going to reach, you're reaching your local market. You're going to reach people and people like you and you're really good at it. So, I mean, like, I'm so honored you, you know, for you to have me on and I'm, I'm so glad you asked me. Thanks, Justine. You're welcome. Um, well, I can't wait for my jingle, but whatever, yeah, whatever. We, we're gonna we need to get we're gonna take a little break because season one is ending. Yeah, but yeah, if you guys also my personal website www.justinarthurkeys.com, uh, that's how you can find everything that I'm sort of working on. I'm not a big social media guy, so I kind of yeah. He doesn't have that. social media, so. Uh, um, but yeah, we will get started. Uh, I'll probably email you because I'll need like business information and personal things you'd maybe want. And I can get started on, uh, okay. Get started on ideas for that. We're a little fried. We're finishing season one. So we're yeah, like totally. Fried. You guys were, you guys did it fast too. You know, So we just, it just started and it became, yeah. we just pumped them out. So. All right, my dear. Well, right. I love you. Love you. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. I'll see you in, I'll see you in class. Okay. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.